One parent, two kids, 419 national park sites. This is Expedition National Parks. Dispatches and stories from one family's journey to discover the cultural, historical, and natural treasures in the United States. It's the most important fight you've never heard of. Uh, Monocacy, of course, is the battle that saves Washington. On July 9, 1864, federal forces under the command of Lew Wallace would slow down a Confederate drive under General Jubal Early that is heading for Washington, D.C. Monocacy National Battlefield is not nearly as vivid as others such as Gettysburg, and honestly, we weren't planning for anything other than a quick visit when we pulled over. Yet the Rangers and the other staff can make such a difference in how one engages with the site. Ranger Matt helped us turn what we thought would be a short visit into a much longer educational and engaging visit. Our visit included hands-on interacting with artifacts and a wide-ranging conversation that covered the importance of history, the battlefield itself, Monocacy's audio tour, the long-term impacts of the Civil War, as well as the certified and licensed guide programs that does different with Civil War battlefields. Civil War as a whole is so relevant because everything that has happened in this country since 155 plus years ago can be drawn back to the Civil War. Whether you're looking at the development of a nation with the relationships between the states and the federal government, the issues of race relations in the United States all ties back to the war and, of course, slavery. Um, the How we treat immigrant populations coming into the country can be tied back to the Civil War with the mass influx of immigrants that's going on just before and then after the war. Um, economics huge role to play. Paper money comes out of the American Civil War. The federal uh, greenback comes out of the American Civil War. How we can tie that to this battlefield specifically without the fight here at Monocacy, this delaying action by General Wallace, Washington falls, potentially. Uh, We don't necessarily think Early could have held Washington for long. He just didn't have enough troops with him. But it would have been a disaster for the Lincoln administration to have the government forced to flee or had he burned some public buildings or something like that. And then we're now down a completely different rabbit hole of history as to what would have occurred. And what? why is history important? History is as a whole is important, not military history, not cultural history, but history as a whole is because it is our combined story. It is where we're all from. That's what's important about conveying these stories to all the groups that come here, is really getting that point across that even if you don't care about the guns or the uniforms or the war as a whole. You're not a military person. That's fine. But the history and the impacts of these events on history have ripple effects and tie into today. That's why history is important. And what's your favorite story of that comes from this battlefield? From this battlefield is probably George Davis. He was a lieutenant in the 10th Vermont Infantry. We actually have uh, a nice exhibit right now upstairs in our museum about the 10th Vermont. Uh, It's in our temporary exhibit space. But Davis is a young lieutenant, and he's an experienced officer by this point in the war. It's 1864. The 10th Vermont's been in it for a while. He will take over command of the skirmish line out here by Best Farm and in the vicinity of the visitor center when Confederate forces are first moving into the area from a captain, so someone higher rank than him that was inexperienced. He um, 
had not been certain who was approaching his lines. Of course, it was the Confederate advance. His his officer or his men are asking for permission to fire. He freezes. He is then fired upon by the Confederates, and he then, realizing that he's out of his depth, turns his command, about 300 men, over to this young man, this young lieutenant, George Davis. Now, Davis will eventually command the 75 men that would guard the railroad bridge for the rest of the fight. When most of these 300 men are withdrawn back to the south side of the Monocacy, these 10th Vermont guys uh, didn't get the memo, apparently, and their escape route was suddenly on fire. So they fell back to the Iron Railroad Bridge and held that bridge crossing for the rest of the engagement. And George Davis will receive the Medal of Honor for his actions here, for guarding the two bridges over the Monoxy River for as long as he did. And though it doesn't say it in his citation, I'd like to thank for also for getting his command out of here. So that's that's my favorite story of this fight. Yeah. And what's been your most kind of inspirational story in the sense that, you know, do you, do you find that kids change or people change by coming here or other park sites that you've visited, that they visited, that you've observed? I don't know, they come back another time? Right. Or That's, it's a good question because it really depends on the guest mm-hmm. and how much they want to engage with the site. Mm-hmm. All these sites, be it National Park Service, be it state parks or local parks, have the ability to touch something deep within us and allow us to see how we are connected to the greater story of history, be it American history or the world as a whole. And some some guests, some young people understand that right off the bat. Sometimes they have been dragged here in a school trip or mm-hmm. on a family vacation and they're not engaged with the site because they think they don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. We try to engage them here and make them understand or at least make them appreciate what happened here so that they can come back later on or when they're older or maybe they've reached a class that they've really enjoyed in school and they suddenly realize, hey, history is all of our story, then they can come back and and fully engage with the site. And why is the National Park Service important? The National Park Service, in I do truly believe it is America's best idea. Okay, the national parks preserve the integrity of our landscapes, of our cultural sites, our historic sites throughout this nation. They have thousands upon thousands of stories to tell, lessons to learn for all generations, for all peoples, uh, be they Americans, be they our friends from other countries. Um, There's so much to learn, there's so much to appreciate, and there's so much, honestly, to wonder about. To be at the rim of the Grand Canyon or at Grand Teton Glacier, one of my personal favorites, and just be gobstopped by the majesty of nature and the power of that. That speaks to something very deep in people, whether they're religious or not. So that's that's the importance of the national parks. Do you ever hear directly from some of your overseas visitors about the National Park Service itself? And We have. Uh, Actually, when I was working in Washington for a number of years with American Battlefield Protection, a very small program within the National Park Service, 
one of my colleagues uh, got to go on a number of meetings, and I think prior to my being there, she'd actually been able to jump across the pond to speak with um, a similar positioned individuals in Europe and other places about their own battlefield landscape preservation. And our partners in Parks Canada or in Europe that are preserving their historic and natural sites tend to look to the National Park Service as a um, as an example mm-hmm. of, of how to do things. Um, Parks Canada has a very vigorous um, National Parks program just north of us in Canada. Uh, Europe is developed its own National Park-like structure. The various countries in Africa have their own National Parks, and most everybody looks to the American National Park Service as the example of how to get these things up and running and how to do varying degrees of interpretation and conservation at their sites. Do you ever receive comments directly from visitors who come here? I do, yeah. Yeah. Um, Myself and and my colleagues here at Monoxie National Battlefield, we certainly do. We hear that from friends, uh, or I should say guests, that are joining us from Europe, from elsewhere, talking about their own battlefield sites and how it's great that the United States can put so much land under preservation. The United States is huge, so we do have that luxury uh, that we can put acreage under permanent preservation. Um, Europe, a bit more crowded, so sometimes they can't do as much acreage as even they would prefer to do. So what's your favorite national park and also national park service unit? So maybe one on the, you know, the scenic and one on the um, cultural or historical. I started my National Park Service career at Antietam National Battlefield in Western Maryland, so I'm always going to be very partial to it. And Of course, I'm now here at Monocacy National Battlefield, so I do love this site as well. Um, for the natural, Glacier really hit me hard as when I was young. My parents were very good at getting us out in the minivan and driving across the country, um, and I was I was fascinated by Glacier but also Badlands and Theodore Roosevelt in the western edge of North Dakota. Mm -hmm. Some of the roughest terrain I've ever seen, but gorgeous in its own way. And uh, the the archaeological uh, excavations here, who were they conducted by? National Park Service. So it was internal. It was. It was internal. It was also conducted using our park partners. Uh, For instance, I believe the Frederick Archaeology society or club, I'm not quite sure what they refer to themselves as, was involved with that just because we needed more folks who knew what they were doing. And is it concluded or there? The the big one uh, that you're probably referring to across at Best Farm is currently concluded. We do have a archaeologist on staff here at Monocacy, Alex Veracruz, and he is excellent. Um, Very, very good archaeologist, very much up and coming in his Park Service career, and he is doing ongoing archaeological programs. You have to realize, um, particularly at the cultural resource sites for National Park Service, almost every time we break the ground, we have to do an archaeological survey, especially at the battlefield sites, because there's so much stuff that has occurred here. What Alex has been very good at, and I probably shouldn't speak for him, is that he's really been diving into um, just beyond the immediate one-day fight at July 9th, 1864. There's a lot more history going on here. Um, 
be it the farming the the farming archaeology that can be done here um, other cultural cultures that have been here through the ages american indians things of that nature um, and of course multiple multiple encampments um, by union and confederate forces over the four years of the civil war mm-hmm. so if you were uh pitching to somebody to to come here like that hadn't heard of Monocacy, what would you, what, what would you, what would be your pitch, like my, your elevator speech? My speech from Monocacy National Battlefield is, it's the most important fight you've never heard of. Uh, Monocacy, of course, is the battle that saves Washington. On July 9th, 1864, federal forces under the command of Lew Wallace would slow down a Confederate drive under General Jubal Early that is heading for Washington, D.C. It is a Confederate victory. But by slowing down the Confederate day by a the Confederate advance by a day, it allows Washington to be reinforced and the Capitol was saved. That's my elevator pitch. That's a very good elevator pitch. <laughs> uh, basically, our audio tour is currently up through our friends group, the Monoxy National Battlefield Foundation, mm-hmm. and they have it on their on their website for us, and it is a stop by stop audio tour where you just click on the stop link and then it plays the audio from your phone. You download it kind of as a podcast. Don't even need to download it. Oh, just, just directly from the... Just in, directly from the webpage. Okay. It's been well received by the public, especially because we have it for free. It's out online or we even have it in a CD format here at the front desk for folks that aren't comfortable using their phone and might still have a CD player in their vehicle. The Gettysburg Guide program is managed by a different organization entirely. They're kind of an independent from everybody uh, organization up in Gettysburg. But the Antietam Battlefield Guides is currently managed by the National Park Services Cooperating Association, Eastern National. Uh, There is about 25 guides currently at Antietam, and they're known as certified guides, uh, where Gettysburg claims uh, the term you used. uh, Licensed. Licensed, yes. That's that's their claim to fame is that they are licensed. Um, The guides at Antietam are certified through the National Park Service by taking an extensive exam that covers the... Civil War as a whole, the Maryland campaign as a whole, and also the specifics of the Battle of Antietam. The guide candidates, once they pass that exam and they have to get 85% to pass, then go on and mentor under a senior guide for usually about a year just so they can get on their feet um, developing their own program, a basic three-hour tour. They go out multiple times with their mentor, with other guides, many times with rangers as well on those programs just so they can get a good feel for the various ways the site is interpreted and develop their own uh, interpretation structure for their tour. Once they feel they are ready and once their mentor feels they are ready, they then have to take a practical and they have to give a senior guide and one of the park service interpretive rangers a tour of the battlefield. This is less about the knowledge, though of course that is important, uh, and it's more on social skills. Are you capable of navigating the battlefield in a vehicle? Are you capable of holding a conversation with somebody about these topics and not running them over with everything you know? Uh, Are you comfortable to engage with the person on multiple topics, judging because we have such a wide variety of questions that are asked of the guides? 
And who 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 do the guides give these tours to? Like, who are the the tourists or or the, the aficionados that are requesting these tours? Right. The guide program at Antietam was set up specifically to aid the National Park Service because they were having so many requests for private guides for family groups or individuals. Okay. Now, the National Park Service staff, as you're aware, at many, many sites is limited, and there's not enough rangers to give everybody a tour that wants an individual tour, because these are not folks who will want to go on the rangers' two-and-a-half to three-hour car caravan tour. They want their own tour, their own guide. Okay. And so that's why the guide program was developed, to aid the ranger staff in that. So they want more specialized like knowledge they, or occasionally uh, oftentimes though it is the privatization of tourism as a whole that they're interested in they're not interested in being there with 15 20 25 other people they want their time or also convenience like and, and the convenience. bus the That's bus true. tour is coming through at x time exactly be, okay Yep. And how many of the battlefields have this certification or licensing program? That's a good question because it has. there has been talk about expanding um, through a number of organizations. I know Manassas has begun to develop something uh, and may have something on its feet. Gettysburg, obviously, Antietam does. Harper's Ferry has their own guide network for the historic downtown of Harper's Ferry, but the Antietam guides also do tours of the of the. Maryland campaign aspects of Harper's Ferry, so the siege of 62, for example. There's something of a structure here at Monocacy that is still being worked on. It is not finalized yet, so it's in the the process, Mm -hmm. and there are other sites that are... I've heard Vicksburg is looking very closely at options for guides, and even non-military sites are looking at it because this personalization, I'd said privatization earlier, but really personalization of tourism is what it, it appears to be the direction that society's heading. Thank you so much for listening to our episode on Monocacy National Battlefield. We would love your feedback on this and other episodes. Please follow us on ex- at Expedition National Parks on Instagram and Facebook, and would appreciate your reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.